anyone who's wanting to get into calisthenics, I tell them like master the four essential movements. So it's going to be your push-ups, your pull-ups, your squats, and then your core movements. Welcome to the Tara Talk podcast, a place for honest and open conversations to support you in living your best life from the inside out. Join me on this journey of self-discovery as we explore what it means to reach next level badassery and cut through the BS. So tune in, stay a while, and I promise I'll be right here alongside you as we figure the shit out together. Awesome. Taylor is the one doing crazy movements you see on TikTok and Instagram. She will do something that you'll have to watch at least 10 times to figure out how your body can even move that way. She's mobility, strengths, calisthenics athlete, and most recently an IFBB fitness pro. Taylor's the most agile human I've ever seen. And I know you've seen her around social media. You may know her as Little T Fitness. Taylor, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. I know I missed several points. So tell the audience who Taylor is outside of Lil T Fitness. Oh my gosh. I mean, you pretty much hit them all, but I, I guess I'll do my own little intro type thing, but yeah. I'm Taylor, AKA Lil T Fitness and Lil T Fitness was a business started in 2017 where I was like a personal trainer, you know, did like the commercial gym, worked multiple, multiple hours. And then I eventually went out on my own. And during that time, I was just posting for fun on Instagram and my videos were like, no sound, no nothing. And I was like, who knows if anyone's going to see these. And then fast forward till 2020 when everything kind of blew up for me and loyalty fitness came, it's like second part of my business, which is the social media side where I'm on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, like you said, and I've been just posting, having fun, doing challenges, um, and just really doing it for myself and for everyone who enjoys that type of movement. And then I suddenly got into calisthenics and bodybuilding along the way, just because people had seen my content and was like, hey, like you should try these disciplines. So that's how I got into those two things, competed in calisthenics, uh, just locally in like Canada and then bodybuilding. I got my IFBB pro card in 2019. And then I did my pro debut 2023, which has also led me to go to my Olympia debut also 2023. So that is pretty much me in a nutshell, just doing all the fitness things and just having fun along the way and just kind of documenting it through and sharing my journey on social. Yeah. That was a very quick version of, it was an abridged version of like <laughs> how far you are and what, what you are today, which is this incredible athlete and well-rounded in so many aspects. So what is one thing you want people to know about you that maybe they don't already know already? Uh, I think a lot of people are under the misconception that I don't strength train. I think that's one of the biggest things. A lot of people okay. just see what I post on Instagram and they're like, oh my gosh, her workouts just must be like muscle ups and plyo pushups and backflips. Like there's no way she does a bicep curl. And I'm like, no, like literally my training is pretty like strength based. So six, uh, sorry, five days a week, I'm doing like legs, back and shoulders, chest and arms, another leg day and another back and shoulder day. So it's going to be those typical like lat pull downs, high row, like all that stuff that you would see as like a strength trainer or like a bodybuilding style. And yeah. then I only train two times a week, that like flippy style where I'm doing like all my tricks and all my conditioning and everything like that. So I think a lot of people just assume that like, I don't bench press that I don't squat or anything like that until I actually post it. And they're like, Oh, I didn't know you could do that. And yeah. I'm like, oh, guys, I do that too. <laughs> How does that make you feel that someone would assume that about you? It always confuses me a little bit. It confuses me a lot. Cause I'm just like, how do you think I have 
the foundation to do what I do without having that like typical strength training. You know what I mean? Because a lot of yeah. things that I do, I'm moving very dynamically. So yes, of course, I need the agility and the balance and stability, but I also need like those small stabilizers, the bigger muscle groups to like help build that strong foundation. So I don't hurt myself in those positions. So let's take it back before 2017. Mm-hmm. Were you a gymnast? Like, how did you really yeah. like get into all of this? Oh, yes. Okay. So I should, I guess I skipped that in my intro, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I was a gymnast growing up. I did that from the age of like four to, I want to say like 10. And so I was in a high performance program. So growing up, I went to gymnastics from like seven to 1030. Then I went to school from 1030 to three. And then I did gymnastics from 330 to 7 p.m. So that was my life from grade three wow. to grade eight. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So twice a day for like three hours a day, you were doing gymnastics. Yeah. I was training upwards of like 25, 30 hours a week when I was from, I don't know, grade three to grade eight. So it was just like, that was just like the discipline I knew back then. Like I didn't have those extracurriculars of like track and field or soccer and stuff like that. Like my gym class in elementary school was literally just going to gymnastics. And is that something that like your family or like just the community did, or how did you like get into that at that age? It was a specialized program. It was called Sports Seneca at the time based out of Toronto. It's closed down now, but it was one for like high performance athletes and you had to like audition for it. And their entry grade was grade three and they took you all the way up to like grade 12. Um, So the reason why I stopped in grade eight, it was because they they closed down in grade eight. So for me, it was kind of like that was my elementary years just fully spent, like very specialized in one sport. Yeah. So then what did you do after grade eight? Then I went into dance. I went into dance from grade nine to 12 and it was competitive dance, but it was nothing like super competitive. Like you would never see me like on Broadway or anything like that. I was a lower competitive dancer, but I feel like those two sports together is what gives me my like all togetherness in my Instagram because I have the artistic flow from the dance, but I have like all those elements from gymnastics. Got it. What was the dance specifically like? Is it It like a certain style? Yeah. So I did ballet, jazz, lyrical, contemporary, and I tried hip hop, but like, as you can tell, like I don't dance on my Instagram. There's a big reason why because I don't, I don't, I'm not very like cool moving. So like in the dance world, she says she's not cool moving. You guys, come on. <laughs> We've all seen how cool you can move. Okay. So now you're in grade 12, you were dancing. Yeah. What did you do after that? Then I went to university at Laurier, which is just university here in, in Canada. And I did cheerleading. Um, okay. so that's again, another part of like where the smile comes in. Cause you're so used to being on like cheerleading, yes. side, smiling everywhere. Yeah. And then also the whole, like the pistol squats, like doing like a heel stretch and doing pistol squats like that. I feel like also comes from cheerleading just cause yeah. so much of my life was just spent on like one leg as someone like helped me up. So yes. that was all girl level six at Laurier, which was fun. Okay. So were you the person in the air? What are they? What yeah. Are I was called? flyer. The flyer. Yes. Flyer, who just launched. You were always yeah. flying around. Yeah. And then hopefully getting caught, I would say gymnastics out of all my sports was the one that I got injured in the most. What was the worst injury you've ever gotten? Um, probably my concussions. I had two really bad concussions back to back. And like, as you know, that's like not ideal in any way. So I was out for like two and a half months of like, just like no, no blue light, like no phones, no watching TV, just like in the dark. And I was like going to university at the time too. So I got super behind and I had to do a bunch of like work during the summer. Okay. to make up for it. Um, and then I also did a hamstring strain, fractured my tibia and bursitis in my knee from hyperextension when someone got in the way of tumbling. When you know, like the crossfire tumbling, 
Yeah. It was like I was going and she was going, then she kept going when she wasn't supposed to go. And then I was yeah. like, and I tried to stop myself and then I I burst into my knee. Oh my gosh. Ow. Yeah. Those sound very painful. So those were, those were all in cheerleading. Oh yeah. Literally all my injuries so far in my life have been from cheerleading. Okay. So then so we you said goodbye to that sport. <laughs> yes. You said peace out cheerleading yeah. in college. <laughs> and then did you, is that when you were like, I want to get into bodybuilding, personal training? Yeah. Cause so I went to school for kinesiology. So when graduated, okay. I was like, let me just take a little bit of a gap year and do training. And then I'll go to school for becoming a chiropractor. Cause that's what, that was my original dream was to become a okay. chiropractor. Yeah. And so I was like, let's just do a gap year, kind of just stop learning for a quick second where like, I'm not like in a textbook. And I was like, let me do personal training, started that. And then realized I really liked it mostly because I felt like I was really helping just regular people do things like play with their kids or like not get winded going up the stairs. Like things like that felt way more rewarding for me. And I was like, I think I really want to do this as a career. And so when I was training in between clients, because I would work there literally from like 6am to 9pm during my break, I would just like work out and film myself. And I just started slowly posting it on Instagram. And that's where everything started for me. Okay, cool. So when did you stop doing like the in-person training and really like focus on your business and this next level that you are today? It's crazy because I actually still do in-person. So I guess that's another thing I guess people don't know about me is like, no, that is, yeah, I do it, but I still like this morning, right before I was on this podcast, I had three clients, um, who are virtual now, um, one in BC, one in the UK, and then one out of Philadelphia. So just over Zoom in-person stuff. Yeah. Just through Zoom. And then I also have my living room gym that I turned into a a gym, um, during the pandemic where I was able to like train people twice a week. Now I go home, visit my parents, train two or three people, then head back to, my, okay. to like where I live. Yeah. That is definitely a deception that I, I was like, there's no way she's still doing like in person. Yeah, I love point. doing it to be honest. Yeah. I feel like yeah. The training piece is like for me and my original clients that I've had since like 2017. Yeah. Cause they knew me before social media. Yeah. They're like the kind of people who help keep me grounded in a way where it's like, yeah. they just like, Oh, like, what are you up to now? Like, what are you doing? Like, and I'll tell them everything that's happening in social media, but they really have no idea what it really means. I'm just like, Oh, I'm going to go shoot for a brand. And they're like, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> so it's <laughs> to have that, like that side of my life that has nothing to do with social media. Like they're just people who know me before everything yeah. happened. And I just feel like I've been able to see them grow from 2017 to now people who like never went to the gym to now they're like going like three, five times a week. They know I'm busy traveling sometimes. So to see them actually go to the gym without me too, over the years has been a super big win to see. Um, That's why I still like doing the in-person stuff. I can just hear the passion because personal training is one of those things, like you said, you you're there for six, 10, 12, 14 hours a day. You work your ass off. You're not really in it for the money. You have so much passion behind wanting to just truly help someone that like, this is someone with millions and millions of followers all across every platform. And you just said the fact that like they go without you and you were able to help them get there is so cool and so empowering. So I appreciate you even saying that and like still being such a huge part of their life. Cause I'm sure yeah. they love having you. Absolutely. And honestly, like a lot of people are like, oh, like, aren't you too busy? Blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, like I'm busy. But at the same time, it also helps keep me scheduled. You know what I mean? Like if I have a client at 9 a.m., I'm starting my day at six o'clock across the yeah. board. So it right. helps me keep scheduled. And it also just allows me to have more organization in my entire life. So, yes. Okay. Yeah. So let's get into that now. So now it's in 2017, you're getting into training, <laughs> getting into all this stuff. You started posting on social media where did it kind of go from there as far as like your business and your movement pattern too? Because now we went, 
you know, from cheerleading to this like bodybuilding style, like where did it kind of go from there? Uh, so 2017, when I was posting, I was really, I had no consistency. I would post like maybe like five days in a row and then take like a week and a half off and then post like twice and take a couple days off. So I think it was April, 2017, where I was like, you know what, let's like, let's just do this for me. Let's just post every single day. And literally from 2017 until probably this year, June, I was posting every single day. Now, since when my prep started in June this year, I took Sundays off just to give myself a little bit of breather. But for me, I think it was just that like consistency of knowing that I had one, something to look forward to of like sharing something that day. But two, it was like, I got to track my entire progress over all of those years, which was really fun. And so when I first started out, it was really just like, handstand content it was me doing like press to handstands handstands like sometimes a, a back tuck and then as I progressed I was like oh like let me try doing more like strength pull-up challenges with like leg raises like as I got stronger in those areas and then when I got into calisthenics it was a lot more like plonge work press work like muscle up stuff like that and then yeah I started the bodybuilding world and that's where all the plyo push-ups came in and like that's where everything starts to build on top of each other to create these like cool combos that I do now and so yeah. I would say it went from a very simple, very not consistent, like first start off point to like over the years, just like gradually, as you see my content grow, you'll see what disciplines I'm typically in based off of what I'm posting. Cause it's like t- typically around that area. So now I really focus on mobility, mobility Mondays, teaching on skill drill Saturday. And then I tried to hit like three other pillars on my Instagram, which is going to be like my handstands, my flips and my pushup combos. And then yeah. as long as I get those throughout the week. I'm pretty happy overall with my content because those are areas that I'm trying to work on myself. So I know yeah. if I get areas in, I'm obviously working on them because I'm posting about them and it just keeps me accountable. And it helps so many people because like one of the questions I wanted to ask you is like, how does someone really start with some of these like huge calisthenic movements? And really it's exactly what you said, like start from the base and then kind yeah. of build from there. So I see someone like you doing like this, like God, like some of the movements, I'm just like, where is your body even going? You did one the <laughs> other day that we tried. It was like, you're on your back and you like twisted over to a dragon pistol. Yeah, the supine dragon, like, yeah. Oh my gosh. And like, there's just so many like crazy movements. But if someone was like, I want to do a muscle up or I want to do like one specific movement, like how do you get them to even just start with this calisthenics world? But then also what really is the definition of calisthenics? Calisthenics is just working out with your own body weight. Like some people think it has to be super fancy stuff, but it's like, if you do a body weight squat, if you do lunges, push-ups, even a plank, stuff like that, like that's all technically calisthenics. It's beginner calisthenics, but right. that you kind of get into everything. And so once you've mastered everything, like your squats, once you've mastered your body weight squats, whether it's tempo, pauses, just regular reps, then you can kind of move into the single leg stuff, which is all the pistol squat area. Same thing with muscle ups. You'd obviously first start with something like Australian rows or inverted rows, and then work up to like band assisted pull-ups, then pull-ups, and then slowly work on the transitions to get into muscle ups. So anyone who's wanting to get into calisthenics, I tell them like master the four essential movements. So it's going to be your push-ups, your pull-ups, your squats, and then your core movements. So start with playing hollow body holds, stuff like that. And then from those building blocks there, you can build into basically whatever you want, whatever you want to specialize in. Some people specialize in weighted calisthenics. Some people do endurance. Some people do freestyle. Like you can really make it whatever discipline you want it to be, whether it's dynamic or more strength-based. Do you like coaching that or more of like the general population? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like I like both. I do like calisthenics a little bit more because I feel like that one really unlocks this different side of people where they're like, holy crap, I just did that. You know what I mean? 
Um, yeah. and, it's, and as cool as it is to watch someone hit like a PR on bench or squat, I think watching someone do something like a front lever for the first time or even a handstand, like yeah. the amazement that they have of like, oh my God, like I just flipped upside down. Like that's crazy is, yeah. is really fun to see. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like you said, it's just the base to get to that next level of where you yeah. want to be. Yeah. yeah. Starting from like um, literally never going upside down to like holding a handstand. It's like, those are like, that's a such a big, long journey. And it's so yeah. cool to see someone get to that point. Do you still feel like you have a lot of fun with your progressions and being able to see your progress, even though at this point you're so advanced that it's like Miss Olympian over here, like top <laughs> of the, like you couldn't be any higher right now. I, I'm assuming. Right. So how yeah. does it feel to like get to this level and then just be like, I, I'm only in really competition with myself. It's so funny that you say that because I see what I do and like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm talented a hundred percent, but sometimes I'm like, I'm really not that cool. Like sometimes oh I see people, <laughs> like a lot of the people that I train with out of Toronto, like are so freaking strong. Like Mike, Mike, he's, he's my calisthenics coach. And he does like weighted muscle ups with like 90 pounds. Like it's crazy. And so yeah. when I see him do stuff like that, I'm just like, I'm, I'm just a little peanut in this world. You know what I mean? So I yeah. feel like there's definitely so much room for growth for me. And that's what I'm super excited for is that calisthenics and bodybuilding together. Like the options are endless and you can really push yourself to whichever limits, even in bodybuilding. Um, my routine was the best in the world. And even with that, I'm like, I feel like there's so much more I can add to my routine to make it better. And like, there's a bunch of new skills that I want to learn for 2024. So I feel like I'm just like the tip of the iceberg right now. Like there's so much more to learn yeah. and grasp over these next couple of years. Have you always been this like super goal oriented? Yeah. I'm a very goal and oriented person. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially being in gymnastics and dance and all these things where it's like this top like tier is where you want to be. Right. Yeah. Like literally from a young age, it was basically like, especially the program I was in, it was like, you would come in with your journal of goals and it was like, you're going to hit your goals today. Like if you write them down, like you should have the intention that you're going to get them. And I think that was something that really helped me as a kid create like what goals really are. Because I remember when I first started my, my journal, I was like, be better. And my coach was like, let's, let's reel it in a little bit. Let's be a little <laughs> bit more specific. <laughs> yeah. Like what exactly does that mean to you? And I feel like that's something that really helped me pinpoint exactly what type of goals I want to be making and how I'm going to get there. Are you always knocking off these goals? Like, is there ever a goal that you just haven't been able to hit or were really upset that you didn't get to? Um, I would say, no, I feel like I have hit majority of the goals that I've set for myself. And if I haven't hit them yet, I'm close to hitting them. Yeah. I feel like there's some goals that I've neglected. Um, okay. and I fully know that. So when that happens, yeah. I'm like, okay, obviously I can't expect myself to achieve them because the time spent towards them got pushed back for some other reason. So for instance, some of my calisthenic goals, because I prepped for bodybuilding this year was a little bit further behind. Um, but knowing that I have like a nice big off season, that's when I'm going to try to push to make up for like not hitting those goals mm -hmm. in 2023. But overall, I would say I'm able to, I think my work ethic is very strong. So yeah, usually going tell. towards my goals, I'm pretty determined. <laughs> What's it like growing up in, is like your family like that? Do you have any siblings like that are similar to you in that sense? Yeah, I would say so. Like, so my siblings, no one else in my family really does fitness, but all my siblings and their respected work areas are very, very, like they excel greatly. Um, and I think that's something to do with just like, obviously my parents and their, our upbringing, but also yeah. just being around each other. Like for me, I felt a tremendous amount of pressure being the only 
person in my family who is in science and who is in exercise because everyone else went business. And so like my dad was like, Hey, uh, if you fail at science, like you're going to have to come to the business side. And I yeah. feel like that was like a lot of pressure on myself. Cause I saw how successful everyone else was and how well set up my sisters were. And I was like, okay, like let's make this science stuff work. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I was able to succeed in my own science side. And now they all look and they're like, oh, wow, like you can be successful without doing a typical nine to five because that's what that's what they do. And they're very great at a nine to five. And my family is very much like that in terms of thinking it's just that very traditional way of making money. And so when I was like posting social media at the very beginning, people were like, why is she posting videos of herself? What is she going to (laughs) do? Yeah. And now it's like, oh. (laughs) Do they know what you do now? I still sometimes have to explain what I'm doing to my mom. She's like, you're an influencer. I'm like, no, there's more to it. We're content creators. There's more to it. Yeah. So they definitely know what I do now. And they fully like, they're so behind it. They couldn't, they understand that they could never do it themselves. And they respect that. And they're like, what you do is a different type of work. Yeah. And it's, it's a different, it's, it's hard, but um, yeah, they're very understanding of it now. And they're like, wow, like, this is a whole different realm of a world that we don't even know. How does it feel that your family isn't into fitness? Um, I think when I was younger, I was always like frustrated. I was like, I was like, you have like a free trainer, like right here, like use me, you know? Um, But now that I'm older, I feel like my spot in fitness has helped influence them in a different way where I don't have to be directly working with them. But for instance, my dad, like he, he wakes up and does like an hour and a half of exercise every morning. My mom does like walks and stuff like that. Or like when they're eating healthy, they're like, go to their way to be like, Oh, Taylor, like this is what I had for lunch today. And I feel like that in itself is like them trying to be fitness. And I think that's really nice to see. And I'm super supportive of it. I'm like, Hey, eat your salads, whatever, whatever it is that you think is healthy and that you feel is healthy. Like I'm super behind that. And you don't have to do like the counting macros or like the strict dieting, what I do. It's a very extreme. And so they're older. I just want them to enjoy their lives and just, you know, have fun with it. And same thing with my sisters. They're busy with kids and work and all that stuff. I'm like, Hey, if you guys just like my sister does Pilates, one of my other students tries to go to the gym like twice a week. I'm like, that's cool. That's good. Yeah. So. And the fact that they're sharing it with you means that they're always thinking about you and it means that yeah. you still have that influence on them as well, which is really Yeah, cool. exactly. And I think that's the best part about it. Cause I'm sure too, with like your family, I'm sure they're just like, they see what you do and they're like, oh, that's so cool. And they, they go off and do their fitness thing and they think about you and it's, it's like a, it's cool. Yeah. So speaking of the counting calories and macros and like being super strict, how have that, how has that been? Like, have you had any body image issues? Like what has it been like being in this like spotlight of you and your body and just like putting yourself out there? Yeah. So, so back in 2019, when I competed, a big reason why I took a break from 2019 to 2023 is because after 2019, I didn't reverse diet. I just said, give me all of the food. And so I rebounded and I blew up pretty big. I think I competed at like 94 pounds and I jumped to 115 within like a week. Like it was ridiculous. And at that point I had such a bad relationship with food in terms of like, I didn't feel like I deserved to eat. I didn't feel like what I was eating was like good enough. And at the end of the day, I would just binge because I was like, oh my God, I'm starving. I would just eat everything. And I would hate the way I looked, hate the way I felt. And it took me a long time to like build up my confidence to be able to eat food without feeling like an emotional response with it which is huge. And I feel like it's not really talked about in the bodybuilding world because a lot of amateurs go through that, but they just think like, oh, like I must not be a good competitor if I feel this way. And it's like, no, like everybody feels that way. Like it's really yeah. hard not to feel that way after seeing yourself so shredded. 
and so awesome. And you're like, wow. And then you blow up a little bit and that's fine. Cause now 2023, I'm up 10 pounds for my competition weight. I was 103. Now I'm 113. And my relationship with food and my relationship with myself has, is completely different. Like I still follow, like I did a reverse diet, but I'm still able to have my treats here and there. Like I just went to LA, ate whatever I wanted, tried to stay mindful, but even coming back, I, I was heavier and I was like, that's okay. I can still move the way I want to move. My clothes still fit. I feel good. Like waking up, walking around, like nothing feels inflamed. And those are the main points that I want to make sure I'm hitting with myself. And I just know that like, in order to make progress, like your body has to change. And like, sometimes it'll get a little heavier. Sometimes it'll be a little bit leaner, but through the entire process, as long as like you like the way you feel and look, that's the most important thing. And even though you have comments online from like the little trolls who are like, oh, she's so blah, blah, blah. It's just kind of like, well, like they obviously don't like themselves enough to be commenting on my body. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. just, it, it's hard, but ignore the outside stuff and just really focus on how I'm feeling. And that's been my main focus coming out of this prep is like, do I feel good? Am I walking around feeling good? How is my, like, if I look at food, do I instantly feel like I have to measure it? Or is it just like, oh, okay, like it's okay if I don't have a scale today? type thing. Yeah. So it's been four years since you've actually competed. What do you feel like after that, you know, 2019 competition, what, how did you get out of that cycle of feeling this way about your body? Did you have a coach or was it just like this thing that you had kind of had to work on yourself? Um, I didn't have a coach. It was definitely just like slow progression on myself. I think, um, it was more so just like, I had realized I'd gotten to a point where I didn't like feeling the way I felt. And so I just completely took a break altogether from measuring things on a scale. Cause mm -hmm. at one point I was like measuring, but then I would binge and then I would feel bad. So then I was just like, okay, let's yeah. just take the scale completely. Let's just make healthy decisions, feel my body the way I felt like it needed. And I feel like I did that for a long period of time. And then I was also just like getting ready to like work out again. Cause I feel like after your first prep for me, especially I was like, I hate being in the gym. Like I was like, I literally was in the gym for so much and I competed and now it's over. And now I never want to step foot in a gym again. So for yeah. me, it was like also rebuilding that relationship with the gym. And I think that's where like Instagram really helped me a lot because even if I didn't say like workout really hard, I would go in and like try to make a video. And sometimes the videos would take me like an hour. Right. So it was still me finding a way to do fitness, but in a way that was like fun. And so that was a big part of it. And then also yeah. just like the people I surrounded myself with as well, were just really yeah. positive people and had like great relationships with food themselves. So watching them and how they ate and how they looked at food was also really helpful and helped me be like, oh, okay, like they're eating a cookie and not like feeling guilty or like they're eating a cookie and they're only eating one. Like they're not eating 12, you know? Yeah. So, it seems so like you have such a great community and such a great support system too. Did you find that yeah. all within the gym or kind of all over the place? I would say all over the place because I have a really great community based in Toronto. And then I have a really great community based in LA, which is why I travel there so much. Yeah. But I would say a big part of it is that the people that I hang out with are all like calisthenic people. Um, yeah. I think the calisthenic community out of all the communities I've been a part of is definitely the most like positive people that you'll ever meet. Like if you go to a meetup, it doesn't matter if you're someone who's like never done calisthenics, or if you're like the best in the world, if you get up on the bar and do a pull-up, you're going to get the exact same amount of support and applause as someone who goes up and does a crazy freestyle. Like people are just excited to see you like do anything there. And they're super yeah. willing to help you learn as well, which is why I think like throughout my years of fitness, I think I've still had that passion of like learning and teaching because I'm around people who also love to learn and teach. 
Yeah. I love that. And I can see it. I can envision it like in Venice beach, somebody doing some crazy movement like you. And then the next person doing a pull up and like the same applause. Yes. Everyone's like, let's go. Like you killed that. Like high fives all around. As soon as you get off the bar, like it's, it's one of those things like if you haven't been to a calisthenic meetup, like definitely push yourself outside your comfort zone. Cause without my community like that, I don't think I'd be where I am today in my career at all. I love that. I love that so much. And you guys can be helpful and supportive of each other. Yeah. Like they're all trying to make you succeed. And yeah, even my friends who don't have social media, like I'm telling them my goals for my 2024 routine. They're like, yo, let's get it. Let's do it. And like, they they don't care. They're like, they're not people like sometimes, you know, in the fitness influencer world, people are like tit for tat. They're like, oh, I'll teach you, but you got to do this for me. Like my friends are just like, yo, we'll just do it. We'll just train and we'll just have fun. And so it's really cool to have that kind of environment instead of the whole, like more competitive side of social media sometimes. So speaking of social media, obviously you have a huge presence. Um, I originally found you on Instagram and then now every time I'm on TikTok, I see some of your viral videos. I'm like, there she is again, (laughs) just crushing it over there. Um, And you said you're also on YouTube shorts. Do you also have long form YouTube videos too? I do. Yeah. I feel like a lot of mine recently have been Olympia based, just like the journey to get there, recap of the stuff. And then other things on YouTube is I do more of like vlog style and I do like tutorial stuff, like so longer based. So I have like a pistol squat series and a handstand series. So yeah. I kind of I keep it fitness, but I try to add a little bit more personality with like some lifestyle stuff mixed in there. Yeah. What is the best and worst part about social media? I feel like the best part is just the opportunities and the, and the people that you can meet, because I feel like some of the people that I've met through social media are like now some of my best friends and people that I consider like family. I would say the worst part about social media is that for some reason, people think that if you're big on social media, that you you should be on some different type of like pedestal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I and this is not necessarily directly towards me, but I do see other creators who, especially lifestyle people, they'll blow up out of nowhere. And like, they're just lifestyle, like they're just sharing their life. And then they'll share a specific view that they have, or they'll apply a certain way to someone. And someone's like, oh, and they just like want to cancel them. So I feel like that is something that's terrible about social media is that people forget that a lot of the time, we're just people just like sharing stuff and you don't need to come after us. You don't need to like criticize us. Like if you don't like what we're saying, scroll, like keep going. You know what I mean? And I feel like the cancel culture too is not the best because it doesn't allow people to come back and like learn and to address the problem because it's whoever's louder on social media. Right. Cancel the other person. You know what I mean? And it's whoever's louder, their story is going to be heard first. And you don't get to see the other side. You don't get to hear the other person. And I feel like that's the dangerous part about social media is that it's very, very quick. Like it's quick. It's good because it's quick because you can blow up like that, but you can also be canceled like that. So I think yeah. that's like the the hard part about it sometimes. Have you had any tough moments over the past year or so that have been through social? Um, I would say coming out of Olympia was my hardest for sure. What kind of comments did you oh. have well, I'm a, I'm a natural athlete. So obviously I don't look like if you, if you stand me next to everyone else, I don't look the same. I've also only been bodybuilding for eight months versus years and years of bodybuilding. So right. I looked on stage, not as developed, not as solid as some of the other girls. And so a lot of comments when I placed second were like, oh, 10th place should just be taken out of the competition or like get 10th place off the state or like, sorry, get number 10. Cause that was my number that I was wearing get her off the stage or like people were like, I thought this was bodybuilding. Um, she's only successful because of her following. Like if she didn't have a following, she'd be bottom, like last place type things. And I feel like that was super hard 
to handle because I'm used to a very positive community. I'm very fortunate yeah. that people on my Instagram are like super nice. Yeah. And so the bodybuilding community, I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, you guys are kind of mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was a difference in that sometimes when you get haters on Instagram, you'll never meet them in real life. You know what I mean? Like they're just like some person way off. But in the bodybuilding world, some of the people saying hateful things, it's like, I just saw you yesterday. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, and yeah. so I feel like that's kind of where it got a little bit more personal for me. Cause I was like, oh, like I'm actually having to see these people again or in a crowd or in, a, in an event. And it's like, I know that you said something bad about me. So I don't really want to see you again. So yeah. I feel like that was something I kind of had to like mentally get over. I think being in social media, having tougher skin that I'm in a better place than I would be if I wasn't on social media. But I just think something that, you know, you kind of have to learn how to just not care about that stuff a little bit. Do you ever think about just like not being on social? Like, does it ever get to a point where you get some of these comments and you're like, I can't, I just can't do this anymore. I need a break or I'm like need to get away from it. No, I don't think it's ever gotten that bad for me. Very like, fortunately, um, I do have days sometimes where I'm like, I don't want to record today. <laughs> yeah. I do have those days sometimes where I'm just kind of like, I don't want to flip today. Um, but overall, like I would say I'm pretty positive towards social media. Like I do love creating content. And I yeah. think the haters sometimes like as bad as it is, I'll egg them on sometimes. I'll just like comment back. And like, there was this one person recently had all the time in the world. It was yeah. for like 24 hours. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I woke, I went to bed reading your comments and I'm waking up reading your comments. I'm like, you need a break. <laughs> so, so did you just go back and forth with that person though? I went back and forth maybe like two or three times. And then they went back and forth with like my, the rest of my following for the, yeah. for the next like 136 comments. Hey, I was like, people have a lot of because time. I'm I was like engagement. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say engagement, but also like, it's so cool because that one person that can be super negative, but then you have all these people that are like, so behind you and think that you're like, it's just incredible that like, they will be supportive and positive no matter yeah, what. Exactly. Which is super cool to have yeah. that to be like, there's people who've never even met me who are wanting to stick up for me, which is really nice. Um, me, I will definitely yeah. stick up for you, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> so um, with social media too, like, do you ever get noticed out? Like, do you, is it, how does that feel? Yeah, a couple, like I would say more in like obviously fitness settings. I get, yeah. I get noticed. Sometimes walking around the mall or like sometimes the airport, people will, rec will recognize me and stuff like that. And it's honestly the coolest thing in the world. And I always feel bad sometimes because some people like feel like super nervous because they're like oh I didn't yeah. know I'm allowed to approach you and I'm like you're always allowed to approach me like at the end of the day like I said we're just people I was yeah. like if you want to say hi like I'm always super welcoming and I love having a chance to chat with people and like get to know their story because obviously they know mine and it's really cool to just be able to be like how did you find my account like what kind of fitness do you do like where are you in your fitness journey um yeah. I love having like actual conversations with people and a couple of people like my local gym who like recognize me I'm like, Oh, I've been following you. I'm like, okay, great. Like let's do a workout together. Like if we're in the same area yeah. and stuff like that, like I love being able to do that kind of stuff. Cause again, it's just building the community. And right. realistically, I think some creators forget this, that it's like without these people who have supported you for so long, you wouldn't be where you are. You know what I mean? Totally. But give back in any way I can. Like I'm, I'm always happy to do that. I mean, you just seem so grounded and so like human and so positive <laughs> and just so uplifting. So like, what ticks you off, Taylor? Like, I gotta know, like, what, what gets under my gears? What makes oh. you mad? I'm like, I can't even imagine you like mad right now. I'm like, she's been smiling. You guys, she's been smiling this entire time. She's got a <laughs> burst of energy. She can do all the coolest things, has millions of followers, little haters here and there. But like, what is something that just like, 
you can't stand. Ooh, in the social media world, I don't know if you can relate to this. I'm sure you can, but I hate when people like will copy your challenge, like your challenge, no tag. I hate that. I hate it. So I think I've seen you post about that actually. You're right. like, yeah. I'm like, it's just a tag. Just tag us. Like yeah. even, even for me, like obviously like being a bigger creator, some people are like, oh, you shouldn't care about that stuff. But I'm like, but no, like as a big creator, I want to set that standard so that way the little creators can get noticed. Yeah. Cause some people think like, oh, I'm bigger than this person. I don't have to tag them because no one's going to know their account. But that's like, I, I would always take people from when I was a small account to even now as a big account, like regardless, because I think it just shows one, the respect towards other creators. Like, wow, like you did something really cool and inspired me props to you. I'm going to do your challenge, but also yeah. it just helps grow our industry. Like if someone likes something right. that you do and you follow someone because you like what they do, you can now bring a bigger community into following attention to like all these other creators. Cause it's like, I like this person. You like what I do. I like what they do. You'll probably like this person. And yeah. it just helps grow the fitness community. And I just don't understand why people are like, not going to tag you. Because I there's just, so much in social media with competition over collaboration. And I think yeah. you are a prime example of collaboration. I find so many new people from your account because you're always doing stuff with uh, other new people. I'm like, this is yeah. so much fun because she's always just like tagging and bringing new people in. But I do feel like there are so many content creators out there that are just nervous or scared that they're going to take some of their business when I just never yeah. see that from you. Yeah. Cause I just, I don't like, I feel like there's a saying of like, um, Oh, I'm not going to, I'm going to mess up the saying now, but it's like, there's candle, like light someone, uh, <laughs> light someone's flame. Yeah. Some it's like, yeah. It's like, like, someone else, like lighting someone else's flame won't burn out yours. Ooh, like that. You know yes. I mean? Like yeah. you can, you can pay it forward and help people out without someone, without your business suffering. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think it does speak a lot about the other creator who is posting. Like, obviously they might have a little bit of like a lower self-confidence because if you're, right. if you one single tag is going to take away your entire business or a part of your business, you, you silly, you're silly for that. <laughs> you have something else to work on. Sir. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. You need to read a book or something for sure. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like tagging is one of those things that I, I try to do. And like, even when I see other people doing someone else's challenge, I'll like passively aggressively be like, love that you did this person's challenge comment. You know what I mean? Cause I do want to yeah. like, I do like doing that. And I do know one time I did comment on this one girl's and said like, oh my gosh, love that you did my challenge. And some of her followers were like, wow, really petty little T fitness. Like never do that again. That's so embarrassing. And I was like, well, fact is, I actually DM'd her and I was like, Hey, like love that you did my challenge. You did it so well. Just like next time I would like love a tag. Yeah. And she said, Oh my God. Yeah. I did get it from your account. But like, I just, I just didn't think I needed to tag it. And I was like, Oh, so like, you do know that you got it from my account. We do. We've established that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, so then you, so then you were like a little bit petty and put the comment on her page too. Yeah. Yeah. Love I, was it. Like, I love it. I was like, I was like, I really need you to just like, cause if you're going to do that to me, you're going to do it to somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like it does go a long way when someone as a big creator tags a smaller creator. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Because people automatically are like, oh, this creator, I've never heard of them. Click. Whereas like sometimes if you see my name on something, they'll be like, oh, like I know her. I'm not going to go bother going to her page. I but someone her. new, they're yeah. like, oh my God, like I want to go check this person out. And it helps that person become a creator. So yes. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of business, obviously you have your one-on-one stuff that you still do in person. I know you have an app or some sort of yeah. something like that. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, my app I started two years ago and I 
I think I was like a hundred K and I was like, no, one's going to sign up for my app. I was like, who's yeah. going to do that? You know? And, um, I did it anyways, just being like, what's the worst that's going to happen. Realistically, I need to make client videos for my online train anyway. So this is just like, it'll take care of both. Yeah. Um, and so I did the videos, I built out the app and I've had it for two years now. And now it's like a great passive source of income. It's one of those things where it's like, once the background work is done of obviously all the filming and everything like that, it's yeah. pretty easy to maintain. You, you just upload new programs every month. And like, as a trainer, like I'm totally used to doing that. You get yeah. to again, interact more intimately with a different audience. Like everyone who's progressing on your app, like you have like your own Facebook group, you have your own comment section where I can like talk to everyone there. Yeah. And then other than that, there's like really no like hard work to do. And so it's just fun to have another platform where it's like more individualized towards each person. Like I can tell when people are like making progress on their handstands or their pistol squats and stuff like that. Right. Or people who are just like, I'm just getting back into the gym. I love your get started program, whatever. It's just, it's cool to see that side of like a platform versus just like the social media side. So do you have programs and like a monthly subscription or how does that actually work? Yeah, yeah. So it's a monthly subscription. It's $14.99 a month, but for the year it's 99. So I always just tell everyone, I was like, if you've done it for a month and you like it, the best bang for your buck is going to be the 99, even though technically like it's, it's worse for me. Cause obviously I get less yeah. money, but I'm like, it's a steal for you. I'm like, take that steal and just go yeah. with it. Like at the end of the day, again, like I'm someone very much where it's like, I would rather create something more affordable for people rather than yeah. just like try to like up the price on something high ticket. I'm just like, if you can learn and be able to do things like a lot of things, especially right now in our economy are expensive. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if there's a way to make it a little bit less for people and have it make sense for them, I'm like, definitely do that option. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. save that extra couple dollars each month that you're going to have to spend and just have it for the year. Now, is this your own or are you working with a company that like you have all your programs on? Um, I work with Playbook. Okay. Which Got is it. like, it's a platform that has like myself and like a bunch <laughs> of other trainers on it. So that's the other yeah. thing. Once you're on the app, like you have access to everybody. So you have access yeah. to me and then anyone else who, who uses Playbook. And again, yeah. some people are like, oh, isn't that like bad? Because then people could pay someone else and use your programs. I'm like, go for it. I'm like, you're already on there. <laughs> like to me, like, again, I'm not competitive in that way where I'm like, no, like you can't use my stuff unless whatever. I'm just like, honestly, if it's in your ability to get to like, utilize it. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. You're so like, anyone can get whatever yeah. they want to get. Yeah. 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 Do it, like do it in the best way you can and just like have fun with training because we're all just trying to get better out here. Exactly. So you have your one-on-one -on -one stuff. Now you've got your app and then I know you do a ton of stuff with brands. So yes. can you tell us a little bit about that? Okay. So brand wise, I have my apparel brand, which is Vanquish that I'm with, which is out of the UK. Uh, yeah. Supplement, I'm with Transparent Labs, which is Canadian based. And then I'm also with Rain Energy. And then I've done a couple other things with like, like one-off campaigns and stuff like that here and there, but those are my main three. And are, are, do you love doing that? Is that like a big part of your business and like just you as a person? Yeah, I do like it. I do like having, again, like each brand that I work with has like their own community. So you feel like you're a part of something. Yeah. Um, I love Rain Energy because even though people, when I post stuff, sometimes people are like, do you actually drink it? I'm like, my fridge is stocked. I'm like, yeah. I need that energy, especially during prep. So Rain Energy, I love working with because I genuinely use their products and I actually like the taste of all their energy drinks. Same thing yeah. with Transparent Labs. One of their biggest things for me is that all their stuff was like, really clean, healthy products. And so right. I was like, I love that because I'm not someone who loves to put like junk in my body. I'm sure most people don't. So being able to like be able to see everything um, was really important to me. And then Vanquish was really nice to get to work with this year, just because they were like a new, newer brand in North America. So one of their goals was to like 
work together, like having my North American audience and then slowly bring up more of the female line in North America. So that's been kind of fun to be more of like one of the first North American athletes on the female side to work with them. Very cool. Awesome. So what is next in all these aspects besides the Olympian, which I want to talk about that too, but like, what is next for just like little T as a, as a brand and a business? We're going to try to come out with merch in 2024. Amazing. What kind? I really like oversized tees. I love oversized okay. everything. So yeah. I really want to come out with like a, a line of oversized tees and then also white socks. Um, because like, that's one of the things I'm known for on my Instagram. And I feel like, yeah. I don't know. It's just like, it's been part of my Instagram since the very beginning. So, and everyone yeah. needs socks. So <laughs> everyone needs socks and everyone needs more oversized tees. But yeah, I keep right? thinking about like, you can't really flip in an oversized tee. I mean, I guess you can, but like, I oh, feel like yeah. it gets in the way. Yeah. I just tuck mine in. I just tuck it in or sometimes I'll flip and I won't be able to see anything. And I'm like, that was a blind landing. <laughs> so scary. <laughs> okay, cool. So merch, what else are you working on? Um, merch and then workshops. I'm going to do a ton of workshops in 2024. Awesome. Out the cities that I want to go to for sure. LA, New York, Chicago, Toronto, Amazing. Montreal. And then I have a couple people who want me to come to like Washington and over in Europe. So like London, um, a couple people in the UK wanted me to come. And uh, what was the other one? Close to London. Not France. I'm forgetting something over there. It's something, something over there in Europe. And I was like, yeah. I'll go there. So yeah. just, just planning like Very more like cool. a North American workshop tour and then like a UK workshop tour. Is this a workshop for a specific thing, like a handstand or a pistol squat or just like cow stand? Yeah, handstands, handstands, most likely. Hand and stands. then I'll probably do like a beginner class and then I'll do an advanced class. Awesome. I love that. That's going to be so fun. Okay. So now tell us about your Olympian, this whole debut that you just made. Is that going to be something that you're going to really focus on in 2024 then? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm calling it my prove it season, which is my improvement season. Because like I said, there were some people who were like, you don't deserve to be there. And I was like, bet we're gonna we're gonna work really hard (laughs) and make it so that way you guys believe that I'm supposed to be there and also just like make myself feel like I I should be there too um my pro debut I went into that I would say going into that prep was long it was from April to October and I feel like towards the last two months I was like I'm over it I don't want to do this I don't know why I've done this because I was underneath the impression that and that's the biggest thing with my division is that you see all these girls who are like more developed and you're like I'm really talented in the acro area but I don't look like those girls so you in your head you're like I'm working so hard and I'm probably going to come dead last right and so coming into this it is weighted two-thirds the routine one-third physique no oh, I, I didn't know that, know yeah. that the two-thirds really is weighted two-thirds like sometimes like you know it's like it's that's what it is but those other things that come into the mix but going into legion which is my pro debut my routine came first across the board and I was, I think six out of 10. And then I came first. I tied for first with someone else. And when that happened, I was like, Oh, I was like, there is a potential to be good in this sport without having to be as developed as the other girls. Like if I can really hone in on my routine and just like make improvements on my physique, but not go like crazy, crazy, there is a future in this. And I do enjoy competing. I love being on stage And so I was like, okay, like this is more exciting now. So I think my last two weeks of Legion versus my last two weeks of Olympia prep, I was a completely different person. Legion, I was miserable, hated everything. Olympia, I was like, we're just going to have fun. This is cool. Like, and I was very much more like lighthearted about it because I felt like there was less pressure. 
I think for my pro debut, because everyone was sending me comments of like, oh my God, you're going to win. You're going to do amazing, all this stuff. I was like, guys, I'm probably not going to win. And so I felt that immense pressure as well. Cause I obviously didn't want to let anyone down. And I think one of the biggest things that I kind of touched on, on my YouTubes and some of my stories was like, the reason why I worked so hard and stayed like a hundred percent of my program is because I knew so many people believed in me and I wanted to make sure like that belief was like justified. Like I wanted to make sure I was doing everything I could to prove to myself and then also like make the other people proud. Like I was worth believing in type thing. Yeah. So that was my mentality going into both my preps. And then the Olympia side was just like, I was happy to be there. I was like, I told people, I was like, you got a free track suit that says Olympia on it. I was like, <laughs> that's a win. I'm like, I'm happy with that. <laughs> so any results on top of that was really, really just like a, a cherry on top. And I do think a lot of people in bodybuilding put a ton of pressure on themselves to win, to place a certain placing. But I think one of the most important things is with competing is you can't control the results, right? Like you can only control what you do. If someone comes in and is better or if the judges want to see something else that day, like you have no control over that. And so I made all my goals about myself. I was like, I want to feel more confident. I want to feel comfortable on stage. And then I want to do like a really awesome routine that I'm proud of. And those are my only three goals. There was nothing about like, I want to come top 10. I want to do this. I was just like, yeah, just be your best that you can be. And everything else will fall into place. And now in 2024, though, you're like, I want to be on top, top, top. And I want everyone else to see me on top and know that I deserve to be there. Yeah. 2024, I'm going in with the goal of not necessarily. So the placing for me, like, obviously, you're always chasing to improve. But being second place right now, the only improvement that I can make would be to chase first place. Yeah. And I feel like that'll put too much pressure on myself. So I'm just going to go in with the goal of, again, like, showing up with a physique that I think people are going to think, okay, she made improvements this year. That's my goal. And okay. then routine wise, I want to create a routine that I think is like awesome. Like in my mind, I'm already like figuring out what skills I want to be in it and stuff yeah. like that. And again, creating a goal list of what will be in that routine. So as long yeah. as all the skills that I've wanted are in that routine, I will be happy. So when is that? Is that next fall then? It's October 12th. Yeah. Okay, cool. And you'll take basically the year to work on all that stuff. Yeah. So I've already started my off season, lifting heavy, eating more, um, and just like training a bunch with my friends and just like trying to level up as much as I can clean things up, make things more big and explosive, um, working on things like my mobility. Like I posted in my story the other day that I'm working on my back flexibility because I think that's lacking right now. So more back flexibility, more like uh, just like bigger splits and stuff like that. So my jumps can be more more dynamic, sorry. And then just like the lightness of all my moves, making sure that like, as I get heavier, I'm still able to maintain the lightness and how I move. Cause I never want to look like clunky on stage. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of my biggest things. Just like, as I'm progressing, I'm focusing on bigger scales, but I'm also focusing on like fine tuning what I already have. Yeah. So disciplined, such a hard worker. It is so much fun to watch you online. What is your social like life like if you're so focused and so disciplined in all of this stuff? My social life very much is dictated around the gym. So like okay. my social outings is like hanging out with my friends. I'm like, hey, want to work out today? Or like a bunch of us will go train in the evening and that'll be my, my social time. It is very rare that you will see me like partying. Like I, I don't party at all. Like I don't enjoy drinking. I don't like the taste of it. And if I do drink, it's very minimal. And I'm not someone who like, just likes to go do dangerous things. You know what I mean? So like I consider skiing and snowboarding as fun as it is. 
also very dangerous to me and I don't want to risk injury one for myself because I just hate that but two like for my career and then bodybuilding is just not worth it um I'll drink a hot chocolate and watch everyone ski and snowboard so I'll be in a social setting but I won't like do dangerous things in terms of like my social life but with prep, I was definitely less social. Like people would go out and eat and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I cannot do that because I can't eat and I don't have the energy to pretend that I'm totally fine with not eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so funny that you say dangerous things when I'm like, I w- I just look at your social media. I'm like, that is too dangerous for anyone else to try. <laughs> but hey, everyone looks at danger. danger in a different way, right? They look yeah. at it like in different ways. So, Oh well, yeah, that's awesome. like a super heavy deadlift. I would never do because I'm just like, that's dangerous to me. <laughs> yeah, but you're still working hard and you're still lifting heavy. It's not like yeah. you're going for your one rep maxes. Yeah, it's it's calculated danger, I would say. Yeah, you're yeah. so, you are so calculated. That is a yeah. huge <laughs> part of you. Like you're just, I just feel like you're so focused, so disciplined, so motivated and just want to help. And it's, it's so much fun to just see you online and also have this conversation with you. So I like to ask one question, every guest that comes on. And it's funny because your fitness journey really started. I feel like when you were like four years old, but let's say maybe when you, maybe when you had some recognition of what your fitness journey was, what is one thing you wish you knew before you started? One thing I real, uh, Oh, not everyone's looking at you. That's, that's one thing because I feel like getting into the gym, you're so shy. And you're like nervous to try new things. Like if you see like an exercise online that you want to try, but you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to look stupid. Like no one in the gym is looking at you. Like I can guarantee you, like I go to the gym every single day. It is very rare that I'm like looking at someone being like, they're doing that wrong. Like it doesn't, it doesn't cross my mind. It doesn't cross the majority of people's mind. So if you go into the gym and you're a new person, just have fun with it. And if you look, if you look weird, if you feel weird, most likely no one's even looking at you. And you can go back home and like correct it or like film yourself and correct it or just like try it again a different day. Yeah. But don't be scared to go in the gym thinking that people is going to look at you and judge you and stuff like that. I think one of the coolest spaces to be in is the gym because, you know, everyone who's going in that door is going in to improve themselves that day. Of course. Like that's the main goal of everyone working out is like, they're like, I want to be better today than I was yesterday. I want to be the best version of myself. And so no one's going to be in there being like, I'm going to tear someone else down for doing that. It's a very positive thing. And I think a lot of people think it's intimidating, but it's not just like, no one's actually looking at you. Everyone's there is like secretly rooting you on, you know? Yeah. And honestly, like I say this all the time, but we are our own main characters. And so sometimes we overthink things forever because I'm like, what did I say to Taylor that maybe she's thinking about? She's not thinking about it. She doesn't care. She's not in your world. Like you are your own main character of your story. I love that. That It's so true. Because everyone's like, oh, they must be thinking about this. It's like, they're not. Nope. They're (laughs) definitely not. Yeah. There's too many nights I've spent like overthinking some things that I've said to someone and I'm like, they don't even, they're they're not thinking about this. Like it's fine. Yeah. It's so funny. I think the same thing. Like after social interactions, when I first got into social media, I like yeah. would go home and I'd be like, I wonder if they realized when I said that, like, did that sound weird? And my friends like, yeah. they probably didn't even listen. And I was like, yeah, true. Okay. <laughs> didn't listen. Don't care. Already yeah. moved on to something that is in their world. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Something more important than like what my favorite fruit is and why, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So where can people find you online and where, what do you want to promote? Anything you you want right now? Um, you guys can find me online at little T fitness. It's the same username across all platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, YouTube, all that stuff. 
Um, promotion wise, there's, there's nothing really super big going on with me, just my YouTube channel. I'm just trying to grow that more. So subscribe to my YouTube, if anything. <laughs> awesome. That's it. Well, thank you so much for being here. I love this conversation. You guys, Taylor is as amazing online as she is in person here over zoom. So thank you again so much for being here. And, um, I just appreciate your time. No, I love being on your podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Thanks for coming to this Tara talk. I hope you're taking something away from this episode. And if so, I would love to hear about it. You can connect with me at the Tara talk and at Tara LaFerrara on Instagram. A few ways you can help support the show and help spread the word. You can share it on Instagram, tag at the Tara talk and at Tara LaFerrara. Send an episode to a friend and please leave a review if the show is resonating with you. It takes just a few minutes and it means so much to help this show grow and it helps me to continue to bring on badass guests for all of us to learn and grow from. I am so happy you're here and excited to be on this journey with you. Until next time, be a badass with a good ass.